with four songs podcast if there's one thing i've learned throughout life and certainly underscored by this podcast it's this never ever doubt music's ability to change lives music can move you literally and physically and it can make you do things and feel things you never thought possible while that's true for me it is certainly true for my next guest richmond virginia singer songwriter and renowned reggae artist the mighty joshua Born and raised in Charlottesville, Virginia, the mighty Joshua has been making waves up and down the East Coast reggae scene for the last 10 years or so. But as important as music has been in his life, becoming a reggae singer and playing in front of thousands was not exactly part of his plan. When not on stage, Joshua is involved in his community, working with children and numerous charitable organizations locally in Richmond and in Charlottesville, and globally in Africa as well. Music has always played a key role in his life. He's been a DJ and played in bands throughout his life in Central Virginia, mostly as a percussionist who sang one or two songs during his band sets. But music, and reggae in particular, took over when a fellow musician, seasoned reggae keyboardist Chris Peanut Whitley, noticed how the audience reacted to Joshua's songs. Whitley encouraged Joshua to write and sing more, and booked him to open the 2012 Hampton Reggae Fest at the Hampton Coliseum in, you guessed it, Hampton, Virginia. No pressure, just do your first solo gig in front of thousands of your new best friends. Well, from there, Joshua truly became mighty. He's been a staple of the East Coast reggae scene ever since. Starting in 2012, Joshua has recorded one album and a bunch of singles. He's also appeared on numerous compilation records, including a project earlier this year called Seven Chapters of Mystery, produced by South African by way of DC guitarist Mangezi Yuntaka. The album is intended to be a retelling of African history through song, philosophy, spirituality, and mythology. Joshua sings on Nintaka's You Snooze, You Lose, an emotional powerhouse that details the history of the African diaspora. In this episode of Four Songs, we discuss four of Joshua's tunes, Full Circle, Thema Watchin', Clean Hands, and the aforementioned You Snooze, You Lose. Throughout our conversation, Joshua talks about the spiritual, mystical, and political nature of reggae music that often gets unnoticed by many mainstream fans. He also discusses how personal music became for him after taking a life-changing trip to Kenya and how he got involved in music in the first place. As you'll soon find out, spending just a few minutes with Joshua will leave you inspired, uplifted, educated, and engaged. Like the genre of reggae music itself, do not mistake Joshua's easygoing nature for weakness. There's a message in reggae music that sometimes gets forgotten when certain people get lost in the rhythm and grooves of the music. Just like there's a message in meaning in everything Joshua does. And for many of us, that message may not be that easy to hear. So be prepared to be uplifted in this episode. Please welcome the Mighty Joshua to Four Songs. Thank you so much, Rob, for having me. It's a yeah. pleasure to be here. So, you know, the first question is, I started this podcast last May as the pandemic was just getting started. And unfortunately, my question is still the same to everybody, is how have you been health-wise and dealing with this pandemic the last year and change? It's definitely been a, a bit of a roller coaster ride, I believe, for everyone, for musicians and artists in particular. It's, it's definitely been difficult for us to go um, go along business as usual. 
but considering i think that um my crew and my family i think that we've been able to remain healthy for the most part even with gigging we've just you know you make adjustments uh, that you learn a lot about yourself during times of of difficulty you know they say pressure make diamonds so it's nice to have sometimes a little bit of friction it's nice to have a little bit of you know rest <laughs> you know the pandemic has has forced us to to change how we how we do everything and so you know it's always easy to look at you know the horrible parts but as long as we have our health um we've been able to to kind of navigate and kind of make the best of it just as everyone is trying to you know yeah have you been ever right yeah um i've actually i've actually written more music in the last three or four months than i had all year before that so you know sometimes when you're running we do a whole bunch of shows uh you can't really you know you're putting out it's hard to kind of absorb and then you know you have to be able to incubate um to then create and so that was you know it's been nice to be able to sit down and be quiet with your thoughts so definitely writing i've done some recording some collaborations that i could have never dreamed of it's been it's been good for me musically good when did you go from being in a, being in the band and percussion and then to writing and then fronting your own band because i'm sure that takes a bit of a not a leap of faith but just a lot of confidence and thinking like hey i can i can be a front i mean that's that takes i'm just curious like how you went from that transition how that occurred well, it was not, it was not a plan. It wasn't a plan that I had for sure. I enjoyed playing percussion. I enjoyed kind of being to the side and being more heard than seen. I'm, I'm a bit shy at times. And, and so really it was being encouraged by several people in my life. Um, I have a very good friend by the name of Michael Farley. He encouraged me to sing. My bass player, who's still my bass player today, Sam Kravanek, we call him Sammy Thunder. He used to encourage me to sing. And so uh, I started with this band called Antero, uh, frontman Wiley, Wiley Crazy Horse Jones, who's out in Colorado now. He would sing. And then we started, we did the song called Economic Crisis together. And it, it was just a kind of a play thing where it was just like he would sing a portion of the song. I would sing the other portion, but it really wasn't a, a thing that we did live. And then we had this keyboardist come and join us. He's a keyboardist that's played with Culture, Joseph Hill Culture. He's played with Burning Spear. He's played with Eka Mouse. He's played with, uh, he's traveled the world playing, playing reggae music. His name is Chris Peanut Whitley. And he showed up and, and played. He sat in with us one night in Richmond. And, and he, you know, he pulled me, pulled me aside after I did one of, one of my two songs at that time. And he said, Joshua, you, you know, you should, you should sing more often. You know, you, the crowd really responds to, you know, you being up front and singing. I see this response on the road with these big acts. And I, I said, well, look, man, I'm not real interested in really being the front man. I, it was fun. It's fun and everything. But he said, no, seriously, I'm gonna send you some music. And he started sending me music. And I was a little resistant at first, but then I just started writing to the music he sent a rhythm you know in reggae music you'll see a lot of times it'll be the rhythm 
the track, the instrumental will have a name. And so he was sending me these rhythms with these names. The name of one rhythm in particular was Ja Calling. And me, I just, what did that mean to me? So I just started writing Ja Calling. You know, when Ja calls, you pick up the phone. Like, that's not one that you send to your voicemail. When the creator is calling you, you pick up, you know, you answer and then you have to activate. So I just started writing (laughs) basically to the name of the rhythms that he was sending me. And before I knew it, we had we had a whole album done. Wow. And I get very, you know, caught up in the moment. So sometimes I'll be doing something and don't even realize I don't really realize what I'm doing. You know, I always say I don't I don't know I'm at the amusement park until I'm on the road. <laughs> so after we finished the album, you know, Peanut was like, you know, what's next? <laughs> you know, we got to put together band, man. We got we to gotta play this music. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> So he gets me my first my first real gig as a solo artist at the Hampton Coliseum in front of about 2000, 3000 opening for uh, the meditations, the Itals, Corey Harris. It was a pretty I did three songs and the crowd (laughs) went crazy and nobody knew who I was. Um, Mm -hmm. But after that, it seemed like people knew who I was and they enjoyed the music. So yeah, kept doing it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we saw you at. I bet they're, they're in the Virginia Blue Ridge, it, I mean, it seemed like you know, it just comes out of you. There's such an enthralling, it almost seems spiritual when you're performing. Do you, do you feel like that reggae is a spiritual form of music? But is that how you feel when you're up there? Is it like a kind of an out-of-body experience in a way? It's definitely my church. Um, it's a place to rejoice. It's a place to sing songs of my ancestors. It's a place to connect with the one there are moments where I feel like I disappear once I'm able to get over the fact that, you know, I'm on stage and I can just get into a space and there are times where I feel like I'm nowhere and everywhere at the same time. Music is powerful, man. And uh, when you play it with along with people that you've known for so long and that you, you love, I think it's a, it's a vehicle for all of us. I don't know if that answers your question. But. No, it does. Yeah, because I, because I, I think a lot of people, at least in terms of the mainstream people who listen to reggae, they feel like, oh, it's relaxing. It's, but you know, when you listen to the words, it's, it's, there's a lot going on, and I think we'll get into that in these songs we're going to discuss. So that's, it's just always something that kind of bothered me. People like, oh, you know, it's such a relaxing, and <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, the music can make you feel laid back, but it's, it's not a Jimmy Buffett music. To me, that's the beauty of reggae music, though, too, is that, you know, a lot of times, you know, you can you can write a song and sing a song talking about someone or something and they'll sing along with you and not even realize that you're talking about them because they're so caught (laughs) up in the lyrics. You know, there's a lot of songs about the oppressor. It's a lot of songs about, you know, greedy people or people who don't have your best interest in, in, in mind. And and those those people sometimes get so caught up in the tune because it feels so good, they'll sing it and not even realize that they're singing about their own greed, which I think is Bob did that very well. You know, a lot of people sing his songs and don't really realize what it is that they're saying. Well, we'll start with Full Circle, which I think is a good appropriate one to begin with, just given where the song 
takes the listener and the meaning of it. And so I'm just from your perspective from writing this, I mean, there's a lot in here and it seems very personal, but also you know, very universal to a point too, if that, I know I'm kind of mixing my metaphors there, but uh, just how it starts at the very beginning when talking about the story and bathing in the rivers of jaw. And then all of a sudden there comes a man on the sand who takes you away. So I'm just, if you can just talk a little bit about, you know, this song coming together for you and, and where you had to go kind of lyrically to, to put this together. So this song, I can say this song was inspired by, um, I went to Kenya in 2010. Um, I returned to Kenya in 2016 and then again in 2018. My brother taught me a lot about Africa. Schools didn't, didn't teach me much about Africa. Schools taught me a lot about slavery, um, but my brother wanted to make sure that I, I knew about kings and queens and, and the beauty of the continent. And so I always wanted to return to Africa. That was always something that I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know what it would look like, but I knew I wanted to do it. Um, and so this song really is, was me seeing like the whole full circle, you know, being taken from the continent. And then this is my triumphant return um, to the continent. And so there are certain parts in the song that are definitely, it's almost like time kind of meshing from the time when my ancestors were stolen. See, ah, yay, it's the mighty, mighty. See, ah, yay, the mighty, mighty. See, ah, yay, it's the mighty, mighty. See, ah, yay. The heartache set in when the story begins. But now I'm bathing in the rivers of Josh. When the journey began, I was in the promised land, swimming in me mama's water. And then there was a man that showed up on my sand, a thief and robber of culture. If you're here, he had a book in one hand and a holy for plans. I still return to Mama Africa, triumphant. The diaspora from maybe Ghana to America, all the way back to Europe, the triangle. That's where we are. This song, in particular kind of wrote itself you know i do you know sometimes I, I think we have to do we have to research and make sure we do you know some fact checking sometimes as well so it was very personal the song even still today we don't perform it very often and i don't really know why we don't perform it very often but i can honestly say this is one one of two songs where i actually get a bit emotional and i I've even cried in the middle of the song, which can make it difficult to sing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this song pretty much wrote itself, man. It was a, it was all that. It's a story that that was already there, and I just needed to find a way to kind of put it on paper. Foundation. 
I can tell when listening to it that your voice is kind of, it gets hopeful at times, but you know, it's also a very heavy song. And so it, your voice kind of, I feel like mirrors the emotions. So I was, one thing I was curious is, was it hard to record it? And then you just kind of answer that as you don't play it much because it's hard to sing. But just when you're kind of recording this and, and was that pretty emotional as well? Well, it's interesting because I think when this the song didn't really become such a, a heavy thing to me in, until later. So even recording it, I believe recording it was was not as difficult as it is now singing the song. And I don't know. I don't know why. I think maybe it just settles in a little bit. And there's certain parts of it that just pulls me, pulls me in a, in a deep place. The glory mama Africa sent to me was a humble noble elder. Let's go home, he said the children really need ya. I believe ya, I believe ya. Plane touched down in the land of Ethiopia, filled with tears. We on our way to Kenya. Welcome home, you know we really miss ya. It's redemption, redemption. Eyes behold the past, present, and my future. Heartbeat strong, don't believe the rumors. Overjoyed, I'm back singing from the river. I think it's a beautiful song. So thank you for putting it together. Thank you for listening. Yeah. So the next song I want to talk about is Demo Watch. And this comes from your album, The Mighty Joshua. So lyrically on this song, this seems to be like kind of a coming of age and passing off some life lessons. What was the influence for this song? I work with children. I've worked with children for a long time. A lot of people who know me as Mighty Joshua don't, don't really know that I work in the mental health field and I've worked with, I've worked at a private school um, in Virginia for the last 20 years. And so I just see how much, and, and even beyond the work that I do, you know, just, just living life. I realize how much of an influence we have on the youth um, just by being, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's not even so much what we say It's you know, they, children are watching every little thing that we do. And so in being conscious of that, you know, we have to we have to be careful what we do in front of them and what we expose them to. And 
so this song really was more so just about being very conscious about what we do and and realizing how it does affect young people which then you know shapes the world that we that we will live in um years to come so yeah it's one thing i was wondering if if you learned any of these lessons kind of the hard way especially because that second verse and that organizing and and eating right and i just wanted i think of myself like i probably should have eaten better when i was younger and (laughs) so i was because I feel like you're, you're passing all these lessons and just, you know, as we all live life, we, we make mistakes and we wish we had kind of done things a little differently at times. I'm just curious if anything in here that you felt like, yeah, I, I wish I had done that a little differently when I was that age or that kind of thing. Everything is as it is, Rob. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a whole bunch of regret. I know mistakes that I've made and I know I'll continue to make mistakes. But it's like everything, everything, even the, the missteps, just makes us it makes us what we are so it's it's a everything is as it is supposed to be I like how this song ends with the, the line about the fruit not falling far from the tree, and then you go right back into the chorus about them watching them and listening. And it reminds me of a something that my old boss used to say, and she didn't really mean it quite in, in this like the same line I think you're talking about, but it is just reminds me of like, you never, you never know who is watching no matter what you're doing, even if you're, <laughs> you know, don't take time off, or, you know, you can take vacation, but I mean, what you meant was just don't phone something in because you never know if you do something and you put the extra effort in, you don't know who's watching and it could lead to very good things or not so good things. So, yeah, I would agree. It's funny growing up in Charlottesville, um, every, a lot of people knew my mother and father. My father worked at a grocery store. My mother worked in a school and my, my family, people just know my family. My family's been there for a while. We always just had to be careful of what we did because I mean, it always got back to my mother, you know, <laughs> certain, <laughs> certain things we could not do without, you know, my mother knew it, you know? And so, you know, just, always living like like she's she's watching yeah <laughs> i know my, my parents were, were both teachers public school teachers so i i knew no matter what i did in school they were not going to take my son <laughs> <laughs> so clean hands we were talking about a little bit earlier just it was on that, that same recording session as the first couple songs and uh, i feel like if, if you know the if someone watching them was about taking care of or teaching the children and making sure that we're leaving the right example. I feel like this one is about taking care of yourself and living righteously and doing right for everybody, but also that it takes a village. I mean, you start off from the very beginning that we need all hands on deck. So Rob, uh, what I've learned, I, I find that I sometimes I write songs 
that are messages to myself. And I, and I believe that there's power in words and I believe that we can, we can shape and create our reality. We can shape our destiny by the things that we say. I truly believe that we can do that. And so trying to be conscious that if I write a song, I may have to sing the song a million times in my life. Mm-hmm. And so being very careful, the words that I use when I write these songs, because I think, you know, I believe I know that these words have power. So a lot of times these are like letters to myself and telling myself that this is what I need to do. These are my responsibilities. Just a reminder that these are my responsibilities. But this song, yeah, in particular, it's definitely about working on ourselves and also seeing, again, that we are responsible for others. That's pretty clear throughout. And, and, and what I, you know, I, I grew up listening to the punk rock music. And so I got introduced to reggae at a fairly young age to bands like The Clash. But I don't think I really appreciated it until I got older because I didn't, you know, as you grow, you learn and you learn what's been good and very bad about our history. And I've always been attracted to songs that have a message and that call that out. And I feel like in, in this song, and especially I think reggae music, right? We were talking earlier that it is a more spiritual music. And in this sense, you know, there really is a call. You know, you, you mentioned Selassie, and I sorry, I'm kind of got that wrong, I'm sure how you pronounce that, but you know, in the chorus, you know, the revolution starts with you. And some people call themselves a royal, but they never held Selassie. And I'm I'm sorry if I got that wrong. The, the Selassie. Pronounced. Yeah. Yep. So it, it definitely feels like there is something more than just, hey, let's get moving. Like there is very important language here, I feel like in this song. (laughs) Yeah, this is a call to the soldiers. You know, the youth were getting restless and it wasn't just a small group. It was starting to happen all over the world. And um, and so really, this was kind of a, a call to the soldiers that that were fed up and tired and let's this is how we activate you know i think a a huge thing to me is is working towards practicing self-sufficiency you know we always talk about you know revolution and we always talk about sticking it to the man and you know my thing is is that you know i don't necessarily have me personally i right now in my life i don't have energy for tearing down i really want to build 
I want to create a space where we can take care of ourselves and not depend on those that control certain things like food, clothing, shelter. I think we need to know how to be able to do all of that for ourselves, because if someone else decides that they don't want us to have access to that, then we're in trouble. So, you know, really working towards taking care of ourselves and being able to create a space where we can take care of others as well. You know, I think we need to know how to heal ourselves. We can't, you know, it's not about hurting someone else. It's about learning how to heal ourselves and take care of ourselves. And, um, and this song is really working towards, you know, taking your own destiny in your own hands and not depending on someone else to take care of you. last song when I talk about you snooze you lose is kind of that here we go it's it's time and yeah this is probably my favorite of the songs we're talking about and you snooze you lose that is and this appears on a compilation album called seven chapters of mystery which came out earlier this year so before we get to the song can you just tell us about this album and how you got involved because it does feature some pretty legendary names on it yeah so this this project came to me. I never really know where to, where to start, but I had a show in DC and I believe my bassist was unable to attend. My guitarist, Ian, he is a bassist. That's his first instrument. I spoke to Peanut and was like, look, man, I'd like to slide Ian over to bass. Do you know a guitarist in DC? And he was like, of course I do. You know, so... He called uh, Mongezi. Mongezi showed up. It's interesting. I double booked that weekend. I said that I was going to go to Massachusetts. <laughs> and I forgot that I had a gig in D.C. This never happens. And so I actually ended up driving to Massachusetts, turned around and came back to D.C. and oh then God. drove drove back to Massachusetts that next morning. Oh, my um, God. Oh. It was, I don't know what I was thinking, man. But anyways, when I got to D.C., Mongezi was there playing guitar and he he's an, he's a he's a master. He's a master guitarist. And uh, we had a real good time that night. Afterwards, he you know, he says, you know, Joshua, I'd love to, you know, work with you. And, you know, people say stuff all the time and we work towards making it happen. But a lot of times things just don't happen. <laughs> he called me about a week later. And now that I know Mongezi. Yeah, he doesn't say anything that he doesn't mean. Like that's he's a musician, he's an artist, he creates nonstop. And so I have on my phone, his name on my phone is Mongezi, badass guitarist. <laughs> and, uh, and so he calls me up 
And he's like, Joshua, I want to put together this compilation, you know, seven chapters of mystery. It's a project called Ngoma Zetu, which comes from the Bantu language. It it's, speaks of our culture. It's um, Ngoma Zetu means our song, our dance. And so he said, I want you to be featured on one of the chapters. He, he explained what, you know, my chapter was based on Africans throughout the diaspora and more so the, the story that comes from those of us that were taken and then spread throughout, you know, the Caribbean and Canada and Americas and, and whatnot. So my song is, is chapter six, and it's the only song in English. All the other songs represent other chapters of African culture, including mythology and spirituality and, and whatnot. So my song is it's called Snooze You Lose. So I'm just curious because it seems like for this one, the production is pretty slick. And it, I'm just curious from recording, was there a different, did you like, was there a difference in the recording of it and, and putting it together than your prior, your previous albums? Because yeah, there's like the background vocals is harmonica. It's, it's just really a, a more lush sound. I think if that's fair mm -hmm. to say. Yeah, I think it is fair to say. I still don't know half of the people that's on the album. <laughs> I haven't met them yet. Um, <laughs> you know, I would go up to uh, DC and um, his home studio and record vocals. I learned a lot from working with Mongezi. He He's a very technical songwriter. He's a very technical artist. I've really learned a lot about tonation and like creating songs. Like uh, some of the things that he's taught me are things that turn a good song into a great song. And so the process was pretty much the same. I went to his home studio and recorded vocals. And then he would send me stuff. The first, first thing that he sent me was he played all the parts on the guitar. Oh, and, wow. I and I thought that that was going to be the whole song. You know, he played the bass line on guitar. He played like what would be the drum track, like on the guitar. And he layered it and sent it to me. And I went up and did the vocals. And then next thing I knew, it had drums on it. It, <laughs> it had uh, and it sounded completely every every stage that he sent it to me. It sound it sound and it, it sounded more and more lush, like you said. Get your groove on, keep on moving. We're gonna make change. Turn your lights on if you snooze, you lose. your mind right no negativity listen to your conscience you'll find some relief 
Within the song itself, uh, let's get to some of the lyrics here. So you said that you were kind of given an idea, he kind of gave you a, a theme, okay, you get chapter six. So, well, well this, this tune in particular, and, and that was it, this was a thing as well. This tune in particular was, was written by Mongezi. I write almost all of my music and, and I was somewhat opposed to it at first. You know, I did, at first he asked me to do it and I was like, I, I don't, I'm trying to finish my own album right now. Mm-hmm. And I, and I want to work with you so bad, but I don't want to mess this up. To be honest with you, I don't know if I have time to write to the song. And he said, he's just like, Joshua, I just, your voice is what I, what I, I want. And he was like, you know, if you like the lyrics, if they feel good to you, then let's, let's work together. And so he sent me the lyrics and I was like, oh, well, this makes it, <laughs> this makes it much easier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I came, I came up and, and did that. And he says, this, your voice is exactly what I need for this. So he wrote this, he wrote this song. Cause it, it, the theme, it, it just, it melds well with the other songs we've discussed because it is kind of that, okay, time is now. It's news you lose, you know, we're, this is, we have an opportunity here because I like the line that he talks about, there are other eyes on the prize or so many eyes I set on the prize. So with, this is this is the chance, and and it feels like your voice does kind of grow in emotion, especially at the end when mm. you're talking about you're pleading for a chance. We gotta get, we gotta get a slice because we know what the history is. Right, right. There's no time. You know the way I always see it is like um, when looking at competition. You know, um, when you're sleeping, they're working. You know the. The oppressor doesn't sleep, man. They they work nonstop. And so, you know, we got a lot of work to do, you know, and, and they have tools that we don't have. So we got to get creative. Um, so when when you know, when that alarm clock goes off, you is no time, there's no time to hit the snooze button. Like we've got work to do, and time is not on our side. And so if you snooze, <laughs> you know how the song goes. Yeah, right. <laughs> chance but right now we're gonna get a slice indoctrinated in the art of timidity we refuse to bow down to inhumane illegality we rebuke Did you, when you were singing it, like, did you feel yourself kind of coming out? I mean, I don't think I have the right words here, but it just feels like your, your voice seems really strong, especially at the end. I mean, could you feel that kind of emotion coming out as the more you were singing it? Most, most definitely. Um, I'd sing it so much at home, just working, you know, not even at home, just riding my bike. 
I let, when learning the song, I didn't listen to any other music if because I, I wanted to get it right, you know. And we had talked about uh, the feeling of the song, and and I connect with the lyrics. I he writes different than I write, but I could definitely see writing this. <laughs> yeah, and so it felt it felt like I belonged in the song, and this you know this is a part of me in such a big way. So I definitely. My voice has changed. I mean, if you listen to the first album and you listen to this song, like this is my voice has changed completely. Mm-hmm. And I definitely felt like I was a, a, a part of a part of this song in a different way. Yeah. Um, it came it's it's something that came more from like my my gut, my belly <laughs> um, versus my head, you know? Yeah. So as we wrap up, I want to thank you so much for your time tonight, Mighty Joshua. So what's so you're, you're talking about a new album? So when are we going to be able to hear that? That's the million dollar question, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so we are in the middle of we're well, not even in the middle, to be honest with you. We have what I would estimate about two more recording sessions where we just really need to do backing vocals. And then we'll have a listening party so to make sure that everybody on the album feels good about what's there. And then we'll mix and master, which I would like for it to be done. And my band would like to have been done about about a year and a half ago. I would like for it to be done looking forward by the first of the year. And so in the meantime, I'm also working with Mongazi, and I don't know when that'll be released, but we're in the middle of recording um, another single, which will probably drop after the album drops. Okay. Well, how can people find out more about your, you and your music and, and keep in touch with you as your album gets closer to release? I'm very active on Instagram, but we keep up with Facebook and Twitter and then also mightyjoshua.com. And you can text me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you so much for your time tonight. Joshua, and definitely let's stay in touch as, as your albums and singles are, are ready to come out. Love to have you back on. Rob, thank you so much for inviting me and being patient so we can make it happen. Um, oh. It's an honor to be a part of your show, man, Four Songs. Whew. Well, anyway, I thought that was going to get you going. I don't know what will. I want to thank Muddy Joshua again for joining me, and thank you for listening. Stay tuned. Got more coming your way. Bye for now.